Well, hello, everybody. We promise to be back, and as good as our promise, as Jesus is at our helm, let me tell you, we are back. And Hugh, our resident minister in Ireland, Northern Ireland, should be online with us. Are you there, Hugh? Hello, Iris. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> you sound like a million miles away. <laughs> no, I'm quite here. I'm quite close, Iris. I'm just... I'm just joking with you there. <laughs> oh, good, good. And um, just just to, to catch up with everybody out there, just to say, really, we are stuck into Thessalonians, to Thessalonians, and I think that we will go again now, just to recap on uh, chapter two, and I'll let Hugh take us through that, because... Um, he knows more about what he's saying than I do, actually. But there you go. Hugh, would you carry on and, and uh, take us back to a little bit and tell us a bit more? Yes, thank you, Iris. And we're trusting the Lord to help us by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not so sure that I know any more than you do. But <laughs> <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord is good. The Lord knows more than both of us put together. And uh, we're trusting him to help us. And uh, yes, we are looking into... Uh, the letters of Thessalonians, first and second Thessalonians, and basically very much more so only into the aspect of the appearing and the coming of the Lord Jesus. Jesus promised that he would come again and yeah. receive us unto himself. So we took out all the scriptures in first Thessalonians through the five chapters, and we looked at those where Jesus had promised to appear in his coming and we we pointed out the aspect that his appearing was his perusa that's what the word in the greek means uh, his appearing the fact that jesus will physically appear he will leave heaven physically with that physical body that he has he has a physical body of flesh and bones glorified we haven't attained that as yet but that is god's promise to us that he will give every child of God at that time when Jesus comes, he will give them a new body and he will give them that body glorified the same as the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's a great hope and that's where we are. I just want to point out in chapter 5, before we go into Second uh, Thessalonians, chapter 5 of First uh, of Thessalonians, I want you to understand that the coming of the Lord, he has said, was going to be unexpected. The people, the world, and people, generally speaking, would not be expecting his coming when he comes. So it makes you ask the question. And Jesus recorded those words also in the Gospels, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. If the saints of God who are listening want to look and read those uh, three Gospels and those three chapters, they'll see there that Jesus said that he was coming as a thief in the night. And that's exactly the way he was coming. But however, on verse 3 of chapter 5, in the basis of coming through that teaching of the appearance of Jesus, and it says that it will be a tremendous day when he will display the, the judgment of God upon the enemies of the gospel 
and upon the nations that's against God's purpose in the earth. And I would say particularly the nation of Israel is marked for God's blessing and God's salvation of his people. But verse 3 of chapter 5 says these words. We need to note them and take notice of them. For when they say, that's, that's the world generally speaking that Jesus is coming to. For when they say, peace and safety. So that's something which is not the situation in the world today. People are very troubled. People are very upset. People are very fearful. People are uh, looking around them and seeing everything seems to be going wrong. No one seems to know what they're doing and what's ahead of us. And people are making all sorts of predictions. But, but the word of God here, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wants God's people. So God's people out there that's listening, please have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. For verse 3 makes it very clear, for when they shall say, that's the world generally speaking, shall say peace and safety. That's a sense of tranquility, a sense of security. Now, how is that going to happen? Well, only God knows that. But what I know is this, that God is a God all-powerful and almighty, and that God, before the coming of Jesus, can grant this world a period, how long we don't know, of peace and safety. So they will not be expecting the glorious return of Jesus in majesty and power and in judgment. If you read through the scriptures, and look at the various recordings that Aris has made on her program prior to this, you'll see that we went through all those scriptures which tell us of a mighty appearance of the majestic presence of the Lord Jesus. But the world will be in a state of peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So you see, it's going to be a time when Jesus appears that the world will be caught on. But he says to his own believers, be ready, for you do not know the day or the hour when your Lord comes. So Jesus says to his church, be ready, for that day is coming upon the world. Now, a period of time passes from between 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. I think I've heard it said about one or two years. But now he comes to write the second letter because people have been saying things and casting doubt and, and, and uh, disturbing the, the believers that have been told about the coming of Jesus. And in chapter 2, we read these words, uh, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming. That's the coming that he has spent so much time and energy. And we have done it in the past days and, and meetings with, with the uh, radio station here through First Thessalonians. That's the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering to gather unto him. You see, when Jesus comes, he has promised the church that he will gather the church, every believer, those that have passed away, those that have died, sort of spoken of as sleeping, but in the spirit, they are in heaven with God. Every believer 
in the world, every believer that has died will be raised, changed in body, get a new body. We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. You see, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We're not going to heaven immediately. We're going to meet with Jesus, hallelujah, in the clouds because he's coming. He's going to stop there and he's going to show his majesty and his power to the world and to the, the wicked and the unjust and the sinful. And they will know the judgment of God, but God's people will know the blessing of receiving a, a, a wonderful new experience experience of leaving the earth's gravitational pull with a new body going to meet with Jesus in the air. Many songs have been sung about when I was younger I used to sing there's going to be a meeting in the air and the sweet sweet by and by we'll meet the master the Lord Jesus in the air. His word can be trusted. His word can be true. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. The word of God can be trusted. The word of God can be true. But Paul is concerned as a shepherd, as a minister, and as a servant. He's concerned about the believers. And he says in verse 2, that you, that you be not soon shaken in mind. He doesn't want their mind to be troubled or to be troubled, neither by spirit, not by some spirit that's telling you something, or by word, not by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Now he's bringing in something new. But he has also told them about this before. In verse 5 he says, Remember ye not, we're in chapter 2 of verse of Second Thessalonians. In verse 5 he says, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So as regards the coming and the day of Christ, he says, I don't want you to be troubled. Know that Jesus is coming, yes, He's going to fulfill all that God has said and all that he has promised. It's going to be fulfilled. But don't be disturbed by any, by any different stories or any sorts of things. Don't be deceived by anything in any sense, either spiritual or by word or by whatever means. He says in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by, by any means. For that day, that's the day of Jesus coming, shall not come. Now, this is the word of God. He's saying that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. So there's going to be a falling away before Jesus appears in his glory and in his presence and in his appearance. Falling away from what? Well, as you read through this chapter, we'll read through it quickly. Uh, God given us the time and the grace that's a falling away from the truth. What is the truth? The truth is absolutely and totally beginning and ending in the person of the Lord Jesus. What is the truth in this world is the person of the Lord Jesus. All that he says, if you, if you will follow me, take up your cross daily and follow me. It's a life of denial. It's a life of surrendering to God and to his son within his kingdom. That is the truth. But God's word here says, there shall be a falling away, an apostasy. You see, there can be an apostasy as there was with Israel of old. They still had the temple. 
they still had the altar, they still had the sacrifices, but yet they went and worshipped the idols on the mountains, because it suited their own fleshy desires. And here we are looking and getting a clue today of what the Word of God is saying, that there's going to be a falling away unto a state of an easy sort of Christianity or churchianity or religion, call it whatever you want. But there will not be a truth, will not be preached. The truth by many a few will be preached, but by the many shall be uh, falling away from that truth. They'll have a nice, pleasant experience, and there will be an emphasis, no doubt, upon God's great love. God does love, that is true. But God expects a standard to be maintained in his Son, because the Lord says he is holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. But here's a falling away first on that man of sin. So what happens in this environment of falling away on lawlessness? There's a man rises up. He's a man. He's a man who rises up and he's described by God as a man of sin. A man of sin is going to be revealed, the son of perdition. This is a title. These are words that was used by Jesus to describe Judas Iscariot, the man that was called to be an apostle, the man that was given authority, the man that sat with the Lord Jesus, the man that walked with Jesus, the man that was given responsibility over the finance. This is the same word. Jesus said that he had lost none except the son of perdition. That was Judas Iscariot. Well, this man has a lot in common with Judas Iscariot, and he will be revealed because he's a man of the world. He's a man of the flesh, but he knows how to speak. He knows how to preach. He knows how to talk about God. He knows how to tell people, oh, it's okay. Everything's wonderful. Look at all the peace and the safety and the security that's all around us. I believe this man will be a preacher of all preachers. This man is not going to be seen as a tyrant, but this man will be seen as the shepherd of all shepherds over the mass of humanity that still have an inkling and a concern about God. But the word of God says here is the son of perdition. Listen who opposes and exalts himself. That's what this man's agenda is. He likes to be exalted. He likes to be lifted up. He likes to be the senior pastor. He likes the position. He likes the adoration. He likes the worship. He likes to be lifted up. And don't we know today that in this religious institutionalized case has developed this positional situation. Many, many people are, are seeking after these positions that they might be exalted and that they might be lifted up. This man is the one who's going to be the very top, as it were, of all the positions. This man will be exalted above all that is called God. Anybody that has anything to do with God who thinks they've got any position from God, this man will see himself as above them all or that is worship. So nobody like this man. But I want to say to you today that this man will not be seen as a problem. This man will be seen 
as a solution to the problem so that he as God sitteth, now listen to these words, so that he as God sitteth, and we went over that last week, uh, sitteth in the temple of God. Those words in the Greek, that word temple means the holy place, the place where God's people are, the place where God's spirit dwells. It means within the community of God's people. So this man has actually exalted himself to be someone that's looked up to, someone that is gracious, someone that is lovely, someone that had me worship. And this man will have a wisdom and a power about him that no one else can meet. So that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God. The word naos there is used, not the word here on for a physical temple. This is not the Jewish temple. But this is the community of God's people, those professing to follow God throughout the earth. This man will, um, will blind them, their mind, with his wonderful achievements and who he is, showing himself. That's what he's going to do. He's going to show himself that he is God, and people will be swallowing and taking that in. Believe me, this is going to be a terrible, terrible time of deception and a terrible time of delusion. Paul says, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Now, brothers and sisters, this is the truth that you're hearing today. This is not fairy tales. This is the truth. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. You see, God is holding things back. God has a plan and a purpose. And God knows that this man is going to come forth but he will only come forth when God permits it and he's going to be revealed just the same way as Jesus will be revealed when he comes because the same words are used for Jesus in his perusa, in his appearance as this man. This man's coming is his perusa and he will come in his time. But this man will be earthly bound. This man will be filled with the desires of the flesh and the wisdom of the flesh. But verse 7 says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. You see, this mystery of iniquity is already working in human flesh, is already working within religion and within religiosity. This is a mystery. A mystery is something that's hidden, not seen clearly, but it's mystery. It's a mystery of iniquity with doth already work. Only he who now letteth, that's God Almighty. He's the only one can keep the top in this thing. He's the only one can restrict it. But the word of God says when the time comes for Jesus to come, the Holy Spirit will let this man come forth because people have fallen away from the truth. They've not got the interest in the Lord Jesus or to submit their life and surrender to him and give themselves over to Jesus in such a whole and full manner. No, they like to play with religion. They like to sing songs. They like to sing praises. They like to go in and out of God's house and God's presence. They like to do these things. But there is no self-denial. There is no holiness in the whole thing. They're falling away from the truth that's in Jesus. And this man will, until the Holy Spirit, I believe, is taken away from that restriction of keeping iniquity back until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed. 
whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. You see, the only way this man is going to come to an end, and the word of God says he's wicked. And listen, there are many wicked people in the church today. They're covered up with religion. They cover themselves up. They're hypocrites and their hypocrisy of robes cover them up. But they're operating in the church of Jesus and they're spreading their hypocrisy around. Then shall that wicked be revealed. And it's up to God's people to listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the word and prepare and be ready for the coming of the Lord. But this man will appear first. He will be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. It's the word of God from the mouth of the Lord Jesus and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So whether or not the spirit of God um, shall consume this man when he's here, but he certainly will be destroyed with the brightness of Jesus coming. That's Jesus coming. That's speaking about the perusa, the, the appearance of the Lord Jesus. Even him who's coming, that's his appearance. That's his perusa, whose coming is after the working of Satan. You see, Satan has a hand in all this falling away, in all this fleshliness, in all this aspect of selfishness. Satan has a, has a way of working with all power and signs and lying wonders. There will be power, there will be signs, and there will be lying wonders. And believe me, it's like those magicians that faced Moses when God sent him into Pharaoh. Every time Moses threw his rod down, something happened. The, the, the magicians did the same, copied the, copied the miracles. It's exactly the same. But these are deceiving miracles and signs. And the word of God says, online wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. If there's anything in any power in this appearance of this man, it's one of deception and delusion with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive not the love of God, of the truth that they might be saved. These people don't want God's salvation the way God wants to give it. They want to follow God the way they want. They want to serve God in their flesh. They like what this man's saying. You see, he panders to the flesh. He panders to their vanity. He panders to their pride. It's not one of following Jesus and carrying up the cross. For they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now listen, this is a terrible, terrible statement coming from the scriptures here and for this cause. Because they don't want the gospel that God has sent in his Jesus, the real Jesus. You've heard the saying, let the real Jesus stand up. Well, he will stand up when the time has come, but this deceiver is going to come before him. And then the falling away of the, and the rejection of the truth, but they don't want to be saved, but they'll have their own type of salvation. A great, good, feel story. But for this cause, Listen, this is a terrible statement. And for this cause, God, not the devil, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. 
God is going to put the last nail in the coffin, so to speak. This is a final judgment. This is a final judgment upon an apostate uh, Christianity or religion in this world. God shall send them strong delusion. It's bad enough when you've got a deceiver, a wicked man speaking. It's bad enough when Satan is also in on the act to deceive people. Believe me, this is going to be a terrible time of delusion. But people will think it's great. People will say peace and safety. But God says, no, I'm bringing this to an end. So this is what you want. You can have it. And God sends them strong delusion. Listen, I read the scriptures daily. And I read the Old Testament and the New Testament. But as I read the Old Testament, I see that God put up with Israel on many occasions in their rejection and their idolatry, even killing and burning, burning their children as a sacrifice to Baal. And God moved against them. God moved against them. And that's the end and the final move of God in judgment against empty and vain religion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth. I, I, I plead with you, brother and sister, through this radio station to, to seek the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your spirit to read the scriptures, to get on your knees and to ask God, please God, would you reveal the truth as it is in Jesus, that they all, these, that these people may be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You see, that's the way it's going to end. And then Jesus, when that's finished and run its course, I don't know how long or how short, but when it's finished its course, Jesus will appear in his glory. Jesus will speak in his authority. The archangel Michael will be there. The angels of God will be there. The saints of God will be gathered together. And there will be judgment poured out on this earth. And also Israel shall know the visitation of the Hamashiach, the mighty Messiah, of which they've been asking for and which they've been looking forward to. And Jesus says, the next time I come, you'll be saying, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Israel will have a voice ascending at that time prior to Jesus coming, saying, blessed is he that ascendeth, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Is it possible that God is going to pour out his spirit upon Israel? Is it possible that the spirit is going to spread abroad into the nations of the earth, that lives will be touched? And there will come peace and safety. I'm not sure of those details. God hasn't revealed it. Certainly not to me. But here is a great thing that go, I know. And Israel will be crying out. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now the Lord has been gracious. He has helped us through this. This is a difficult subject. It's a difficult aspect of truth. But the truth is the truth. And it's not my truth. It's God's truth. And to God be all the glory. Thank you, Iris. You've listened so well. I, I, I mean, it's, it's an amazing passage, you know, um, as you were talking there. As I said, you know, in these days, I'm picking up my Bible, I'm seeing things that are now meaning so much more than they did just because they were written. 
and, and 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 I mean, I mean, look at that passage. <laughs> look, I've done it in bright orange because. But I mean, for all you guys that are listening out there, just pick up your Bibles. If you haven't got one, go and borrow one. Chapter two of two is the of the book of the second epistle of of, of um, Thessalonians. Chapter two. If you just read that chapter and look at today, you're just going to see what we're talking about. I mean, it is quite something else. And we've got, on the other hand, we've got um, the media with all the, the coronavirus and all the things that they say are to come. Hugh, did you know that there is another wave, they tell us, that is coming? And, and it's all aimed now around around the um, American president, Donald Trump, to make people hate him because he's been hitting all of this stuff on the nose. He's doing it in a manly, in a manly style, but he's a believer. And he's stirred up some problems. And in, in, <laughs> so we're all getting the lash back, you see. This is, the, you know, the enemy, amazing, has exposed himself. Now we can say to people, what do we tell you? That's what the Bible's been saying. But the Bible didn't say suddenly he's going to expose himself because there is more to come. And, and I think this is bad enough that we've got. But the amazing thing is, listening to the word of God, we have to believe what God has said. He hasn't said that the COVID is going to end the world or it will end by disease. The only thing that will end this world is when Jesus returns into it, and then there will be a new world order, 100%. Amen. And that is what that is what is the scary thing to the other side of the evil side, um, which has certainly raised its head to you, hasn't it? It has in recent months. It seems uh, that the, the bowels of hell have been opened and um, the world is in chaos, disorder, unrest. Everything's going wrong. Men don't know what they're doing. So in the midst of all that, I just think that, that God is sovereign, supreme. And at the right moment and at the right time, God will just give a word of authority like Jesus gave to the storm on the sea when the disciples were all getting rocked about in the boat. He said, peace, be still, quiet. God says that to this earth and to human nature and to the devil and his demons. That's enough. Peace. And the peace comes upon the earth. Then we're really, I would say, we've got to be very careful because we can expect that in that peace, in that tranquility, oh, after all this disturbance, what a relief. And then this man arises. And he talks wonderful words about God, about his love, and about all he is and all he can give us and make us all happy. And we're all worshipping him because he's a great man of peace. Hallelujah. <laughs> he's, he's a deceiver. He's Dangerous. a liar and a deceiver. <laughs> Dangerous times. <laughs> but it's here, isn't it? I mean, everything you've said. and. And I think, oh, golly, I did see it before, but now it is actually meaningful. 
because we, we just have to look at today's situation and say, oh my goodness, this is happening right yeah, where we are. You know, look yeah, at lockdown, they, you know, the Rockefeller document called that, unwritten decades ago. This, is, this has been planned decades ago. They called it lockstep. Yeah. And they had already told us now what they had already planned. Yes, it's well advanced, <laughs> but now we know. And I think, doesn't the enemy always go over the top? I think I think we I think the safest thing to do is to give your heart to Jesus. Yes. To get the Holy Spirit into you as a gift of the baptism of the Spirit, to take the Word of God and to keep focused on Jesus. Yeah. The application and the outworking of what's going on around us. It's very difficult at times because wind blows this way and then it blows the other way and people are being blown about with all sorts of winds but the, but the word of god and the lord jesus is a rock of stability which can keep our minds and our hearts through all the tempests and all the storms so if you see and hear a wind blowing one way you'll see and hear another wind blowing another way <laughs> you'll see a storm here and a wave there and the boat will be getting rocked just Focus on Jesus, that's what I say. That's right, because confusion will set in. And when oh. you feel confused, that's what it's done for. Cause confusion. Just focus on Jesus. Amen. Yeah, amen. Well, I think that's our time gone for again today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just say bye-bye to everybody out there. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be back. We're not. You know, Aris, Aris, can I just say, God willing, we're finished on that aspect of Jesus coming. Okay. I want to, I want to, by God's grace and help, look at Revelation. Uh, I think it's twelve and thirteen. Oh, yes, yes. So it's important that people also hear what the Word of God says in those those two chapters, and yeah. um, that's that's what I'm going to endeavour to do the best of my ability, just to ask the Lord to help us. Yeah. See, see what we can see in those those chapters of Revelation about the woman. There's a wonderful chapter there about the woman, and uh, that chapter portrays the whole life and experience of the nation of Israel. It's not just a one single woman; it's depicting the whole nation of Israel as a woman in God's purpose. And then you come into chapter, as I think, is it? Oh, sorry, that was twelve. Chapter 13, you come into the two beasts that rise up, one from the sea and one from the earth. And so we'll be looking at those two beasts. What do they mean? What are they about? And uh, that woman first in chapter 12 of Revelation, and then the two beasts in chapter 13. And may God help us. To those that are listening, please pray for that, that, that meeting. Please pray. For that time because we need all the help that god can give us amen 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 well that's us definitely finished for today folks but we'll be back we'll be back next monday so god bless you keep smiling and keep focused on jesus god bless